When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. There's nothing we won't talk about. Uh, you know, again, who knows if we make moves, but the, the fun part is the last X amount of days talking about the moves that potentially could be there. Is it fun, though, or is it just time-consuming and no, it's awesome. a lot of trades talked about probably just never happen? Almost 98% of them don't happen. No, it's really fun. And uh, it's, you know, you try to get more than one team involved, it's really challenging. So many balls in the air. Um, no, it's a blast. It's The only thing that's not fun is living in a hotel. That's, besides that, this part's <laughs> awesome. It's a blast. There he is. Look at that. Look at the chemistry. The chemistry between the Timberwolves, Pobo, Tim Connolly, and Darren Doogie Wolfson. <laughs> Just a we couple text and of talk more than people know, Phil. <laughs> oh my God! For uh, for anyone who gets that, congratulations. Uh, this is Reckless Speculation Thursday here for all who celebrate. Reckless speculation, which means we bring in our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson from Five Eyewitness News and the Scoop Podcast for inside information about your favorite Minnesota sports teams. And one of my favorite things, you know, we always have a little discussion. You know, with Doogie before we turn the mics on. Okay, what do you got? You know, don't spoil it all, but what do you got? And and I threw out, hey, Clint Capella. Uh, how about that? Rudy Gobert. We'll talk about that, uh, that later in the show. Dejounte Murray. There's some trade steam going on. Doogie says to me, "I've got a name that you haven't mentioned yet." Reckless. I think we should start there. We can start there. Happy draft day. Happy, as importantly, happy reckless speculation Thursday. I'm so pumped I don't even have pants on right now. Wow. Thanks God I'm home alone. Reckless oh, that's not reckless speculation. That's Declan, confirmed. If I, this, <laughs> that's if confirmed. I tilt the computer a certain way, trust me, no. that is confirmed. That is not speculation. All right, here's the new name. You ready for the new name? Because this will not excite you. Some of those names you just laid out, I would think, would excite the fan base. This name would help the Wolves, but I don't think it's going to knock your socks off. Nerlens Noel. Wow, New York okay. is exploring all sorts of different trade scenarios. New York, much like the Wolves, my sense is planting a lot of seeds. Noel's name has come up with many franchises. Nothing is imminent, at least as of early this morning, but that's another name that has come up at Mayo Clinic Square. Nick Center, Nerlens Noel, a really, really good rim protector. Okay. What would the uh, potential return be in such a trade? Well, I mean, New York is looking to create some cap space. There is some interest in Jalen Brunson now that his dad, Rick, the former Wolves assistant, is once again on Tom Thibodeau's staff. New York seemingly has some interest in Kyrie Irving. 
you know, depending on how that Kyrie situation plays out, I will continue to say if D'Angelo Russell gets traded, the Knicks are among teams that have some level of interest. Now, to me, the Knicks explore Kyrie. They explore Jalen, maybe even Tyus, before they would go down the D'Angelo Russell path. But the Knicks are looking for a lead guard. We know that Gerson Rosas is in that Knicks front office. I'm just telling you, Leon Rose with his creative arts agency connections, that's who represents D'Angelo Russell. I'm just saying if D'Angelo Russell gets moved, the Knicks certainly would be a team I would keep an eye on. I will add on D'Angelo Russell, I was texting with a high-ranking league official yesterday, Eastern Conference team. I was asking this individual if the Wolves are exploring some potential trade scenarios with, with him, with his franchise and I ran the idea of the Wolves potentially moving up from 19. Could they move up? Do you move up for the center from Memphis, for the center from Duke? And he said, my sense right now is the Wolves are most focused on finding a new home for D'Angelo Russell. Wow. So fast. Now, that could be all-encompassing, right? That could be, could the Wolves move up in the draft, find a taker for D'Angelo that way? But... He said with his particular franchise, no, there's there's no steam on the Wolves engaging them specifically on on their pick, but that his sense is just, you know, canvassing the league, including having conversations with the Wolves front office, that moving D'Angelo is atop their list. Okay, the, the phrase I'm about to utter, I never thought that I would, because he just, like, until you brought his name up, but I want to dive a little deeper on Nerland's Noel here, okay? So these other names, of, you know, talk about like the best rim protector names that are being floated out there, the Rudy Gobert's and the Clint Capella's. These guys, those are your last two NBA rebounding champions in terms of rebounds per game, too, which is a problem the Wolves absolutely need to address in some form. But the problem with those guys is once you get to the playoffs, depending on the matchup, opposing teams have sort of figured out how to put Rudy Gobert in a spin cycle. If, a, in a, if an opposing team can go small... Your only counter move really is to just take a guy like that off the court. So it just it becomes kind of a tough chess match as you play some of the best teams in the NBA. Nerlens Noel is not anywhere near the same level player overall as a Clint Capella or a Rudy Gobert. So I just want to throw that out there. But he is one of the best defensive big men in the NBA and he's kind of a, you know, 20 minutes per game player that if you needed to and he makes 9 million dollars a year this year and next year. So he can help you over an 82-game season, even though he is injury-prone, and that's a huge problem, too. But let's say he can help you over 50 or 60 games. And if you need to against a smaller lineup, you don't feel terrible taking a guy that makes $30 million off the court for chunks, right? And you can maybe acquire a Nerlens Noel, help fix some problems, and it wouldn't preclude you from making another big move for a wing player or a guard or somebody. So I, I think that's a really interesting path to fix a problem without necessarily handicapping yourself with a 30 or $40 million contract. He would help. The issue is, do the Knicks say to Minnesota, okay, yes, we'll move you, Noel, but you also need to take Alec Burks, right? There may be some other pieces there. So my sense is, like, talks are not advanced with New York. I will reiterate what I told Judd on Tuesday, Phil. My sense is, now, it could all change with one new phone call, some new offer, but as we sit here today, as we sat there on Tuesday, Clint Capella to the Wolves, like, just, it's not happening. It's just not. Like, there's no movement on that front. Do I sense the Wolves have talked to Atlanta? 100%. So that's not false. 
The Wolves have shown some interest in Clint Capello. The Wolves are very open-minded to Carl Anthony Towns being a power forward, bringing in some sort of center. Miles Turner, 100%, is on the Wolves' radar. I would be concerned about his foot issues. I just would. It certainly seems like Indiana is willing to blow things up, though, that Malcolm Brogdon is going somewhere, whether it's tonight or in the coming weeks. Also then, Miles Turner, an expiring contract, would also land somewhere, whether in the same package or elsewhere. I don't know if the Wolves have shown any interest in Malcolm Brogdon. I haven't necessarily heard that. We discussed, what, last Thursday, who would you prefer, Malcolm Brogdon or D'Angelo Russell? I said Malcolm Brogdon. I would rather have Brogdon. I would. Now, there are some injury concerns there as well. But just of the two, with this franchise, give me Brogdon over Russell. But I don't have a sense that the Wolves have engaged Indiana necessarily on Brogdon, but I do sense that they definitely have engaged Indiana on Miles Turner. Mm. So and on Gobert, let me add on Gobert with that contract, like just that's another one. I would be shocked. I just I have somebody that has strong ties to Utah. I just I I I'm just telling you, I would be blown 40 away. Forty million dollars. Yeah, I really would. I would be blown away if if the Wolves acquired Rudy Gobert. Mm. Mm. Fun All to right, talk so- about, you know, and. and nope. Tim Connolly, to me, Phil, has he's got some Gerson Rosas in him where he's going to explore, you know, all sorts of different scenarios. He is going to go big game hunting. Maybe that's led by Mark Laurie. Like Mark Laurie is very open minded yeah. to this front office going big game hunting. Right? So I'm sure they've talked to Utah. I'm just telling you though, I would be blown away if Rudy Gobert sometime in the coming weeks ends up here in Minnesota. All right, all right Judd, go, go. I got a question. I want you to put together. I want you to put together your reckless speculation, your insiding, and the fact that, that you are an NBA junkie. And tell me this: give me your best reckless speculation uh, scenario involving Tim Conley and the Wolves for tonight. What is your best reckless speculation about what could like if everything comes together? And there's a convergence in the universe of Timberwolves-ishness with Conley. What happens? Well, I mean, I think there is going to be some action tonight, Judd. But it may just be minuscule. It may be them selling pick 50. That they have those three second-round picks. That the Lakers, the Suns, the Nets, the Heat, the Mavs, even potentially Utah. At least those five, maybe six with Utah, those teams have interest in buying a second-round pick. Now, to me, the optics on selling a pick just aren't good. And there's two less picks in this draft. A couple teams lost second-round picks, so there are only 58 picks. Now, that means you can be maybe a little bit more aggressive in undrafted free agency, much like the Wolves were a couple years ago, landing Nas Reed. But, like, I just think the optics on selling a pick are not good. Mm -hmm. But that is something that they are going to discuss. I'm pretty sure they are going to get an offer, a monetary offer, to sell 48 or 50. Do they bite? It'll be seven figures. Do they bite on that offer? Maybe they just bite on trading 48 or 50 for a second-round pick in 23 or 24. So it may just be something along those lines, Judd. But I'm telling you, like, they've had a number of of wild trade discussions. I'm told they have engaged San Antonio on DeJounte Murray. Now, do I sense, like, that's Mm. far down the road? No. Like, as of last night, I just I didn't get the sense that anything was, was imminent. I really didn't. But, like, they've engaged San Antonio. 
There are DeJounte Murray fans here. DeJounte Murray is, is a clutch client. You think about the clutch influence here in Minnesota with Anthony Edwards, with now Marquise Watts in the front office, used to work for clutch. Plus, Murray is a really good player, so he would help. Now, the Spurs want you know uh, an enormous package for him, so I don't know if there's necessarily a match there, but I can promise you there are DeJounte Murray fans here in Minnesota. So interesting. You know, you might be wondering why would Greg Popovich trade a, you know, a 25-year-old star young player who packs the stat sheet and is emerging into his prime. Well, he already did it in Kawhi Leonard. Different circumstance altogether, but I think Greg Popovich is very much willing to trade star players for whatever reason in the post-Tim Duncan era. So I was shocked to see that name even floating out there. Why would you not be building around a guy like that? But I don't know, if they're open for business, let's talk. I would also build around Murray. I'm a big Murray fan. But if you look at the Spurs for the next few years, Greg Popovich at some point is going to retire. There's already buzz about Popovich retiring after this upcoming season with Quinn Snyder sliding in as the next Spurs coach. That scuttlebutt is out there. But if you look at the Spurs, they have some intriguing young pieces. They have some draft capital. But, like, really, where are they going? You know, and is Murray an alpha? Right now, hey, they could draft the alpha in the top 10 tonight. Maybe that guy they drafted pick nine turns into their alpha in a year or two. But I'm just saying, if you look at the Spurs landscape for the next few years, are they really jumping over a lot of these teams in the Western Conference? So maybe they should take a step or two back, look more at competing at a high level, 24, 25, 26. So that would entail moving Murray at some point, whether it's this summer or maybe at the trade deadline in February. Hey, I want to back up because you know, we played the Tim Connolly clip off the top there, just showcasing the great chemistry between Darren and uh, and Tim. Uh, <laughs> Tim, also a friend of the show now here. He That's came right. on and provided some of his favorite 90s comedies movies, and uh, now we're all good. So maybe it's too early to ask this question because he's literally only been in that office uh, for a couple weeks, but what have you heard? He, he seems like such a humble deflect credit guy just he literally just seems like a normal dude who eats wings and watches happy gilmore and just happens to be running an nba front office for eight million dollars a year here like he just has a really interesting laid back down-to-earth personality what have you observed and heard about him so far that's accurate you know he'll sit down and have some wings and a beer multiple beers right he's that kind of guy i will tell you when the wolves hired gerson rosas there was some chatter about just be careful there that there are some question marks. Now, a lot of that was from Dallas when he took that GM job in Dallas in 2013 then changed his mind a couple months later. But even out of Houston, some people saying, hey, Daryl Morey was happy to have him move on, right? So there was some of that. But I also heard from some other people saying, you'll really like Gerson, right? But I heard it both sides. I'm just telling you, I took the, the sample of, of many people that know Tim I have not, Phil, heard one bad word about him. I just haven't. Yeah. I was texting with a former NBA league executive the other day that now just recently started a job at the Wasserman Agency. Just started there a couple weeks ago. You know, he goes back many, many years, you know, some scouting trips overseas where Tim was, was over there. You know, when Tim worked for whether it was the Wizards or the Pelicans, you know, so some overseas stories about this individual bonding with Tim. Just all sorts of stories where... He's a good dude, good family guy, good husband, right? Good dad. And I can just tell you, there's a bunch of Wolves people very excited that he's here.
They By the really way, uh, Phil Mackey here for Bally Sports North. I did get a text from somebody who works with Tim now in the Timberwolves organization and said, Tim is big into pizza and beer. He's been on the hunt for the best pizza and wings in Minneapolis. Just a great guy. So if anyone has recommendations for the best pizza, wings, and beer, Surly, for maybe yeah, two-thirds of those things for yeah. sure. Do they have the wings at Surly got- now? I think I they do. They, it's just pizza and beer they? for sure. Yeah, great yeah but the Malcolm Yard <laughs> setup is what a hop, skip, and a jump, right? Okay. Oh, I've done that before. Surly is far superior. Yeah. I don't want to do my own work. Make, yeah, but I, if you need Malcolm to go Yard's get some thing, wings, you literally just walk across well, the sure, street. But you got to do your own pleasure. work there, uh, and you got to you got to pour your own beer. I don't uh, want all no. that. I want people doing the work for me. Like I didn't. I I wasn't put on this earth to do the work. Um. So, do you think the wolves? take a player at 19 dukes or do you think that that pick ultimately does get moved tonight well i mean tim is open-minded to moving the pick but as we right. sit here at 10 27 uh, on draft day morning yeah, yeah i think they just sit there at 19 and make a selection okay i was hoping that you would recklessly speculate a trade because that would have been far more fun but well uh, i mean but here's also the issue chicago yeah. right above them at 18 yep. is talking about moving that pick atlanta at 16, is very open-minded to doing all sorts of different things, mm. right? Charlotte has two picks in the top 15. They are open for business. Oklahoma City has two picks in the top 12. They are open for business with pick 12. So if so many teams are open for business, that's where it may be tough for the Wolves to move 19. But there are some teams like Milwaukee is in the mid-20s. I was told Milwaukee has checked in about, you know, moving up. The Wolves... Apparently, I've not heard this, but there was a national report that the Wolves have spoken with Cleveland about moving up to 14. So Cleveland allegedly has engaged some teams or at least been listening to to some proposals. I have not heard, though. I'm just telling you my own digging. I have not heard that the Wolves have engaged Cleveland about pick 14. Mm. Uh, Speaking of open for business... Equity Partners is open for business. A new partner here on Score North. I'm Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily. So our guy Ryan, who we actually met at the uh, the Purple Daily draft party back in late April. He's a huge fan of the Vikes, Purple Daily, etc. And his company is Equity Partners. And they believe the house selling process should be 100% hassle free. So what they really uh, want to drill down on here, I guess we do on behalf of them, is the We Have program which allows you to partner up with them. They'll fix your home before you put it on the market, okay? From simple fixes to full remodels, they'll help you get the most out of your home. And this might be the biggest benefit. You can move before you sell. That's the pain in the butt sometimes of timing it up and contingencies. Uh, You can put offers in on your next home and move non-contingent on the sale of your home currently, which is huge. And you can find out more at EquityPartnersMN.com. EquityPartnersMN.com. Also a shout-out, boys, on this Reckless Speculation Thursday to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They've been around for over 100 years. Partners with the Timberwolves, too. They've been riding some ups and downs with uh, the pups now on the way up. And you can find a full list of industries Federated protects and works with at FederatedInsurance.com. Risk management tools and resources to maximize your business. Federated Insurance, where it's our business, to protect yours. All right. Uh, if you have any other Wolf stuff, feel free to throw it out there. But we'd love to know how bad Byron Buxton's knee is, if you've heard anything. Yes. So let me throw out some more Wolves notes, then I'll transition to Byron Buxton. Mo Bamba 
Restricted free agent Orlando, Matt Lloyd, now in the Wolves' front office, has the book on Bamba. I'm told as of this morning, nothing substantial in terms of any sort of sign-and-trade discussions, the Wolves and Orlando. I was asked last night on Twitter, hey, did the Wolves engage Detroit on Jeremy Grant? Jeremy Grant on his way to the Portland Trailblazers. I was told very, very casual dialogue. If you look at Grant, good player. I like the move for the Blazers. Not necessarily a fit here, though. Like, he's not a rebounder. You know, he wants to take a lot of shots. Like, I just don't know if Jeremy Grant fits with this roster. So, Tim Connolly has a history with Jeremy from their days together in Denver. But the Wolves were never seriously in the mix to trade for Jeremy Grant. In the end, the Wolves had over 75 players in for draft workouts going back to mid-May. Even before the Combine, they started to bring guys in. So... They've done their homework. I don't know if any other franchise brought in as many players as they have. Now, they have four picks, right? Not every team has four picks. There are a lot of teams that don't have a pick, let alone two picks, three picks, like the Wolves' four picks. But the Wolves have done unbelievable homework on this draft. All right, on Byron Buxton, Royce's tweet is confirmed. He did have his knee drained. I am told, gentlemen, this is not the first time he has had his knee drained. He is not in the lineup today. There is a belief, as of right now, that he does not need an IL stint. That even though the knee was drained, he does not need to go on the injured list. Mm. I was told it's very much also a date-to-day proposition. He comes in some days, and it feels good, and then he'll come in, and it feels bad. And so That's it. Yep. It's, but, but that is but the problem is this. And it, by definition, that's what chronic is, and that's the problem. Like, you never know. So so if the Twins make the playoffs, we could very well get to game two of a series, and he comes in, and that knee is shot that day, and he can't play. Now, the Twins will take heat, but guess what? Last night, he couldn't play. Like, I was told he could barely move. So It was not, not a scheduled day off. Right. Right? Exactly. I mean, they had a day off on Monday. He wasn't scheduled to be off for a Wednesday game. Relatively big game. We can debate how big a game is in June, right. any game in June. But, you know, you're playing the, the first place team or the team you're tied with as of last night for first place. Byron Buxton was going to be in the lineup if he was okay to play. He was not okay, thus was not in the lineup last night. But also, let me stress, like for him to do what he's done this month when the knee has flared up is so darn impressive. And I had at least one buffoon on Twitter last night in my feed suggest that Byron Buxton is soft. That guy with that take is a moron. I don't know him personally, so I don't know if he's overall a moron. (laughs) That take, though, how about better way to phrase it? That take is moronic. I wish people knew what Buxton went through on a daily basis just to be able to play some of these games he has played in earlier this month, putting up the numbers he's put up. Trust me on this. Byron Buxton is as tough a guy as the Twins have in that clubhouse. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh I mean they've done a good job just managing this. He has not hit the IL yet. He's tied his career high in home runs and he's he's played in what? Like I don't know, 65, 70% of the games. This is about as much as you can probably hope for at this point. I think my question is does this get worse? As the years go by, is it something that just, you know, it, it happens to be bad right now and maybe in a month he's going to be fine for the rest of the season? I guess we don't know how this is going to 
progress is my biggest question. Well, and that question is going to linger for a while, right, Phil? We just don't know. It's hard not to wonder, though, if some sort of new surgical procedure will be needed. That if they go in and do something in the winter. That's bad news. Uh, Dukes, we we didn't uh, get to this earlier in the week, but the Vikings, and I believe you reported this on the Scoop podcast, the Vikings uh, were sniffing around, potentially adding depth at defensive tackle, and the name that emerged was Indomic and Sue. What can you tell us about Indomic and Sue, who it sounds like is leaning towards Vegas, but then the Vikings definitely did come up as a team that's talked to his agent a few times. Yeah, apologies, Judd, that I didn't bring this up on Tuesday when we went back and forth. I recorded a new Scoop podcast on Sunday, episode 390. It's got David Roddy, who's going to get drafted tonight. A long conversation with Chet Holmgren's parents. Chet Holmgren likely to go number two tonight to OKC, the Minneapolis native, former Minnehaha Academy star. Kerwin Walton Jr. also on on that podcast talking about why things didn't work out with the Gophers. So I highly recommend, you know, very biasly, right, but... Uh, Check out Scoop Podcast episode 390. But among my notes on Sunday was the Vikings are exploring bringing in some beef on the defensive line, the interior of the defensive line before training camp. I didn't necessarily mention Indomit and Sue's name. His name then emerged earlier this week. Yes, the Vikings have checked in. I don't sense anything is far down the road. His wife has some ties here. In fact, somebody told me to check on his wife being from here. She was born here. Yeah, so and One of us. he's been in town here multiple times. In fact, somebody told me he's in town right now or was in town earlier this week. Nothing tied to a visit with the Vikings, but like he spends legitimate time here. So from that standpoint, the Vikings mm. could be intriguing. But yeah, Judd, my sense is if the Raiders and the Vikings both make offers, that he would end up in Vegas, not here in Minnesota. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. All right, Dukes, empty the rest of your scoop bag here for us. What else you got? All right, well, back to the Twins. Top pitching prospect Matt Cantorino is in Arlington, Texas today. Dr. Meister. It is another checkup. Dr. Meister did Kenta Maeda's Tommy John surgery, did Chris Paddock's Tommy John surgery. So Dr. Meister is going to look at the MRI results. We should have some clarity on Cantorino's situation in the near future. Don't necessarily know. Then he needs Tommy John, mm. but like you hear Dr. Meister and it's just, uh-oh. Like it's just, it's hard not to think about all the Tommy John surgeries that Dr. Meister What happened Meister to Dr. James Andrews? Is he out of the, the TJ business? I don't know. That's a good question, but it seems like Dr. Meister is now mm. the guy. I'll have to check on Dr. Andrews. I don't know on Dr. Andrews, but I know Dr. Meister is, Where's Frank is the guy. Yeah, well, that's another one. It's like 90. And, yeah, and then there's like a finger or shoulder guy or there's some popular guy in New York. That a lot of the wolves end up seeing, and yeah, and Neil I, Hunter if, go if, out there and see that guy. Maybe he's a neck guy too. Well, if you put yeah. in about ten good years as a finger and shoulder guy, then you graduate to, to knee and elbow guy too, yeah. to kind of yeah. move up the the list. But yeah, it's like it's a group of like six or seven doctors yeah. across the country, right? That pretty much treat all these all these professional athletes. So Doctor Meister is one of those. So we'll keep an eye on on how that doctor visit goes with uh, Canarino. But like that's part of the issue, Phil. I saw your tweet. That it's great what the Twins have done so far. A lot of cool storylines. But it's now on that front office to find a way to bring in multiple pitchers. Like, I would say two relievers and a starter. Agreed. But minimum, two relievers. But, like, who exactly are you trading that has all sorts of value right now? Canarino, medical question marks. 
They've got a prospect, Rodriguez, an outfielder, that was tearing up the Florida State League in Fort Myers. Well, guess what? Torres meniscus, needs surgery. He's out multiple months. You look at Austin Martin. He was out of the lineup recently, minor injury. He's back in the lineup now, but he's not doing anything, right? So, like, just go up and down the list. Like, I'm not trading Josh Winder. Josh Winder should be back in the Twins' bullpen, maybe even their starting rotation in the next week or so. Looked okay last night in another rehab start for the St. Paul Saints. I'm not moving Josh Winder. So I'm just saying, like, who exactly are you moving? Would you trade Larnick or Kirilov? I would not trade Kirilov. Probably wouldn't on Larnick. I guess, you know, just Matt Walner, the Forest Lake native, who's tearing it up in double-A Wichita. He should be up with St. Paul right now. Like, he's 24 and a half years old. I don't know why Matt Walner is rotting away in Wichita. But, like, he's going to strike out a lot. You know, there's some defensive question marks there. So, ultimately, is he just a DH? But there's a lot of power there. So, maybe Matt Walner has some appeal. Spencer Steer, who's tearing it up. At Triple A, maybe projects more as a second baseman or third baseman, not a shortstop. So they have some guys. I don't want to paint this incredibly bleak picture that they don't have anybody. They have some guys, but like I'm saying, if you're engaging the Reds on Castillo or the A's on Montes, how are you? How are you trumping these other teams' offers? The A's apparently the, the A's in some of the reports the last two months want a major league ready player who maybe has even played in the major leagues. So my guess is they would want a Kirilov or a Larnick. Well, I mean, I would five be five years of team control. Yeah, I would be open minded to moving Jose Miranda if he would have appeal yeah. to the A's. That's another one. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't move Kirilov. Like I have a write that down going back to 2019 or 2020 that that swing one day is going to win a batting title. I'd like to see that happen here. That's a very mm-hmm. bold proclamation, but I'd like to see that happen here, not elsewhere. So I'm certainly not trading Kirilov. You might be able to convince me on Larnick. You know, if it's Larnick and a lot more, no for Montes. If it's Larnick plus a mid-level prospect for Montes, you could probably sell me on that because I think Celestino has a chance. He's not going to wow you, but Celestino has a chance. Then I'm you know, mentioning how Walner should be up at AAA. Walner could be up with the Twins at some point before the year is over or next year. So he could also potentially help in the outfield. And to me, you can always fill find a corner outfielder. Like if you need a corner outfielder, yeah. you can find those guys. So mm-hmm. if it was Larnick plus... You name the Twins number 9, number 10, number 11 prospect, and you somehow get Frankie Montes, I 100% would do that deal. Mm-hmm. There it is. But I don't know if Oakland does that, right? Like, to me, Oakland can do better than that. No. I mm-hmm. think they can. Judd, what were you going to say? I, I said that bullpen needs immediate help. You can't continue to do – like, like it's not a struggle. It's not like Pagan's going to become great. At, at his best, he's sort of solid, but it's always a tightrope back, so – like, if you're not going to do something, you are flushing the Carlos Correa year down the toilet. Yeah. That's exactly it, right? No guarantees Correa problem. is here next oh. year. So you need to go for it this year, yep. right? And, like, they absolutely can still win the division. Like, I've seen, I've seen too many social media posts, very emotional social media posts after the last two games, the two losses to Cleveland, saying season over, Cleveland's going to run away with the Central. Come on. Like, any number of examples. Where was Atlanta? This time last year. I can go up and down the list. And I'm not suggesting the Twins are winning the World Series. But Mm -hmm. the Twins are still very much in this. I thought in mid-March the Twins would play meaningful games in September. I still feel that way. Now, do I think the Twins can compete in the playoffs with the Yankees or the Astros? Right now, no. As currently constructed, 
No, but that's where it's on the front office to do something. I think they need multiple trades, right? They need to do something by August 2nd. Yeah, mm-hmm. there he is. Reckless Speculation Thursday. Reckless. Darren Doogie Wilson from the 5 Eyewitness News sports team and also the Scoop podcast, bringing inside info about Minnesota sports teams. Good stuff, dudes. All right, boys. Two more quick notes. Anthony Barr, Dallas Cowboys interest. Kyle Rudolph, Tampa Bay Buccaneers interest. Caleb mm-hmm. Evans, the Vikings' fourth-round pick out of Missouri, the cornerback. Standard contract. The signing bonus is around $760,000. There it is. All right, Dukes. Thanks for okay, coming in, man. See you, man. bye. Bye-bye. Enjoy tonight. Right. See ya. Love it. Speculation. Uh, all right, let's keep the train rolling here as Reckless Speculation Thursday continues, boys. So uh, Doogie floated some names there, Timberwolves related on the trade front. And he actually, he went so far as saying that the Timberwolves have engaged the Spurs and or vice versa about DeJounte Murray, who's a 25-year-old all-star guard that Zach Lowe on his ESPN NBA podcast threw a hypothetical Timberwolves trade scenario out about. So I just want to, I want to hit you guys with this right here. This is not sourced or reported. This is just Doogie's stuff is sourced. Doogie is saying they absolutely have talked about DeJounte Murray. Mm-hmm. Zach Lowe is saying, here's an idea. Here's a potential trade idea that I'm going to float out to my podcast audience. Uh, thanks to Canis Hoopus for the, the summary of this. They went and, and, and uh, listened and summed this up. Would you trade D'Angelo Russell and two, let's say, top three protected first-round picks for DeJounte Murray. Um, I will just, for, for for those of you who don't watch NBA League Pass, uh, you know, the, the five worst teams in the Western Conference, which the Spurs, I think, were one of them on a regular basis. Murray is 25 years old. He's a former late first-round pick out of the University of Washington. He was an all-star last year for the first time. 21 points, 8 rebounds, 9 assists per game. Led the NBA in steals per game. And he's under contract for two more years at only $17 million per season. So he yeah. makes almost half of what D'Angelo Russell makes. Not a great outside shooter, kind of streaky, but once he gets within like 20, 18 to 20 feet, he's excellent. Energizer bunny type player. So um, another report came out, I think it was Bleacher Report, and said if the Spurs trade him, it would have to be a Drew Holiday-like package. And the Bucks gave up Eric Bledsoe and George Hill, which let's say those two guys together are D'Lo. And they gave up two future first-round picks and then two future first-round pick swaps, the option of pick swaps for Drew Holiday. So would you give up D'Lo and two future first-round picks and maybe a couple pick swaps for a 25-year-old DeJounte Murray? There's a couple things at work here, too, because I've seen Murray's name out there now multiple times so clearly it's being floated in the nba reckless speculation underground that he's being shopped right so like like this is not a like like guys make guys make up trades that make sense because they're usually told by a pretty good source hey this guy might be being shopped and then Mm -hmm. they're like okay i'm going to put together a list of what might make sense because i don't have that piece of the reckless speculation puzzle so one is i would assume that the spurs are actively looking to potentially make this type of move. Second of all, I would do this trade and here's why. And it's sort of where the it's sort of where the Wiggins trade fell apart a little bit. But at some point in time, and I guess I would trust um Conley more about this. At some point in time you're probably going to be right. If you get a extremely important piece to the puzzle like this, all right? And now you've got Cat, you've got Ant, you've got Murray, you've got a pretty good team. 
those first-round picks aren't going to be what we're used to. Like tonight, the Wolves are picking 19th, okay? It's fun to talk about that pick, but it's the 19th pick. It's not a great, and I'm not saying that you can't get a good player, but what I am saying Yeah, Murray was 29th, but yeah. Yeah, but it's not an, oh, my God, that's going to be a top 10, top 5 type of pick, and now it's not protected because that protection's run out. Um, And the D'Lo thing, I think the Wolves ultimately are going to try, and I don't blame them after the playoffs and sort of the end of the season as well. I don't blame them for trying to move him. So my answer is, yes, I would, because I think we all need to start hopefully seeing the Wolves a very different type of team and one where the first-round picks aren't what we became used to for, let's say, a 16- to 20-year period. So, yes, I would do it. Dex, let me go to you first. Yes, I do this trade seven days a week, twice on Sundays. I, I don't know how you wouldn't make this move for a guy like this, who is also a member of the all-defensive team th- three years ago, too. So he provides very valuable defense. Um, yeah, not like a lights-out three-point shooter, but you just look at his field goal breakdown percentage just on basketball reference. I mean, the dude hits most all of his shots between 16 and 20 feet. Um, good distributor, good defender. Uh, you know, D'Lo, I think, has a lot more IQ that makes up for his lapses on defense. And even you, you saw him when he, he's, just, he's just a really good floor general. Like he's, He is a good player, and sometimes we get a little too down on him. But I think De- John, uh, Deontay Murray would be more of the player that the Wolves need at that position. So I would do this in a heartbeat. I would, we're three for three here. I would 100% make this trade. His, his age lines up. He's a little bit younger than Carl Anthony Towns, a little bit younger than D'Lo. So he's, he kind of fits between Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, I like the fact that he's a better defender than D'Angelo Russell. He's a lot less expensive in terms of, you know, to the salary cap than D'Angelo Russell. And when and and and, and I'll loop another one in here too, so we can just have the full scope of Reckless Timberwolves trade rumors. Here, let me throw this out, and then I'll come back around to Dejounte Murray. So, uh, on the latest episode of the Bill Simmons podcast, the Ringers Kevin O'Connor, friend of the show, friend of the show. Noted that the Timberwolves like both Rudy Gobert and Clint Capella. Shams of The Athletic and Stadium reported the Timberwolves have discussed deals, we talked about this, involving veteran centers with Capella specifically cited as an option. So they're clearly sniffing around here some some big-time seven-footers who, in fact, Capella and Rudy Gobert are the last two rebounding champions in the NBA. They both, like, 13, 14 rebounds a game. They can block shots. I think what I would worry about, if you're going to make a big splash, and I'm not saying that they're like staring at two options right now, and one of them is DeJounte Murray and the other one is Rudy Gobert. Like I, I think all of these are long shots, but I would worry in today's NBA about tying up $70-plus million into two seven-footers. This isn't 1998 San Antonio Spurs, you know, late 90s NBA, where you just put a couple twin towers out there. Now, it just so happens that one of the – Timberwolves Twin Towers is the greatest shooting seven footer in NBA history, so that helps. Right. But I just think if if you're if you're putting all that money into two seven footers, and you got Anthony Edwards, who might emerge as one of the best perimeter players, I, I you're gonna win a bunch of games, but I just feel like I don't know that you have much of a counter. You're you're you have a lot of you you have to play those guys. Like you're not just gonna oh oh this you know, the Warriors are going small and I guess we're just gonna have to sit our forty million dollar center here for an extra 20 minutes tonight in Rudy Gobert. So I guess what I'm saying is if I can get a star guard slash wing player in Murray and I have a star Anthony Edwards wing player here, 
And if I can fix the rim protection rebounding problem with a guy like Doogie threw out the name Nerlens Noel, who makes about $9 million a year, 27 years old, plays 20 minutes a night. You can extend him more if you need to to 30 minutes, but if you have to sit him against someone with a small lineup, it's okay. It's not a big deal. He's making $9 million. You know, you don't feel as much pressure to keep him on the court and make it work. So if you can fix that problem with someone else and still clear the way for a guy like DeJounte Murray, and again, all of these are long shots, that would be ideal in my eyes. So I think it's imperative that you that the Wolves fix the problem, and I, I think with a talk about a guy like uh, Capella and Gobert, it's what they're trying to do in some way. They fix the issue of they need to do basically what the Vikings are doing for Kirk, which is maximize Cat. Um, and so they need a big man that they can pair with Cat at times that is a step up from Nas. Because when Nas is good, I think he's good. But when the problem is, he, he can be pretty inconsistent as well, right? And so I think to maximize what Cat can give you offensively as as well, because, you know, Teams basically had the book on what the Wolves were going to do with Cat last season. Um, I think you need to to be able to have him continue to be and be put in a position to be the great shooter that he can be. You need to change things up a bit. So I totally get what Conley and the Wolves are doing, but you're right, Phil. You probably walk a little bit of a salary cap tightrope there as well, not tying up too much in that player who's an upgrade on Nas, but pro- but doesn't certainly have to be yeah. Uh, a star player, or, or more importantly, a player who's making star money. Yeah, and I and I'll it's just just to zoom out even further. Like, all right, if we're talking about max type players, so Gobert's already a super max player, and Capella makes like whatever it is, thirty, I think, something like that. Um, I just think you should be pouring that money into versatile guard slash wing players if you already have one seven footer making super max money, I it's, it just becomes really, really hard. What do you, what are you going to do with your other, you got Anthony Edwards, but are you just going to patchwork point guard and the three? Now you might say, well, Jade McDaniels is going to come into his own as a three, two. And so maybe you're going to have two great wing players. You have one emerging star wing player and, and hopeful that, that McDaniels can turn into that. Um, so, again, if they traded for Clint Capella tonight, I would say, awesome, let's roll. This is going to be a blast. <laughs> uh, but in terms of the three names, the big names that are being thrown out there, Rudy Gobert, Clint Capella, and and Murray, uh, give me give me the 25-year-old who just blasted off last season with the San Antonio Spurs. Why would Greg Popovich want to trade him? It's a legitimate question. He's got two years left in his contract, um, eligible for an extension, I believe. But he traded Kawhi Leonard because they had kind of a weird falling out. Yeah. I so I don't know. Po- yeah. Popovich has been hard to predict since the the dynasty ended. I don't know it, it doesn't make sense why you'd want to trade a guy that you should be building around. But the Spurs have done some things that make you scratch your head, anyways. The last few years. So oh. And how how long is Pop going to continue in this job? That's my Pop, question. Pop and too. Pete Carroll. What are you guys doing? <laughs> but like, is Pop just you guys got do your championship perpetuity? Is Pop going to like Duke said possibly do it w- one more year and hand the reins to Quinn and then still? Oh. I mean, he could still theoretically be the GM. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's like kind of weird. Is, and you're right, Pete Carroll also falls in that exact same bin because I thought he, he would probably step down after this past year, and now he's back without. Russell Wilson and perhaps Baker Mayfield as his quarterback. Drew Lock. Yeah. Drew Lock put some respect on Drew Lock's name. 
Uh, no, I guess they're. I guess they really are intrigued by. Uh, you know what, Dex? I got a bad. I got bad news for you. The well, Drew Lock thing's going to fall flat. Aren't they saying though that they they're really interested in Baker Mayfield if he gets cut and they don't have to pay eighteen or nineteen million dollars? Well, yeah. If he gets cut, then there's going to be twenty teams interested in just mm-hmm. having him around as a backup. The Vikings should be interested if he gets cut. He's a he can play. <laughs> Sean Kirk Manning can't like play. That. What are you talking about? Kirk wouldn't like that. You can't do that to Kirk. Can you imagine those two guys in the quarterback room together? No. No, I can flat out tell you one word. No, I can't. It would be a freaking blast. Uh, we're going to get to old tweets exposed here, too, on this Reckless Speculation Thursday. Um, but our friends at Underdog Fantasy have provided us the best and easiest way to get a sweat on games. Uh, I'm looking ahead already to the football season, and this is music to my ears. As someone who I, I just I want to play casual fantasy football. Yep. I don't want to. Sometimes you're busy on the weekend or something, or you you, know, you sleep in a little bit. You forget to set your lineup or something. So for season long drafts on Underdog, no waivers, no trades, no lineup setting. You draft right. a roster, and then Underdog takes the highest scoring players each week and the players who are healthy. And they just make those your starters after the games are over. It's great. No stressing over the day-to-day or week-to-week management. You can be in multiple leagues, obviously. Uh, it's a blast. So, Underdog Fantasy app. So easy, Judd can use it. Kind I'm of. I'm back, baby. You still need no, to ask back. Back some I'm questions. I quit, I quit fantasy football because of all the things that Phil just talked about that, that Underdog will now take care of for me. Yes. I'm back. I got so sick of managing you wake up on a Sunday. Oh, but this guy might play at 3 o'clock, but this guy's for sure going to play at noon. I don't want to deal with it. If you surlies the night before and you're like, I don't want, oh, no, it's 1130. Do I really feel like doing it? it's all done now. Also, we, we were talking about how fun it is, you know, not to play unders. We like to play overs. I'll, I'll give you a fun under part of underdog. Under on golf scores. Under on, because mm-hmm. you can do pickums for for the for the PGA. Hit under on a 71 and a half from John Rahm. That, then, then you're asking for a golfer to have a good day, and you can still bet the under. When are they going to put the live tour on there? That's, That's a great I question, know. actually. I, I don't know. So I can hammer the overs on these, these clowns. Uh, if you use the promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R, Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit of up to 100 That's $100 in bonus cash for you, and you can help us here grow Score North. So thank you, guys. Also, Dex, uh, since we're talking about golf, mm-hmm. oh, why don't we talk about your favorite golf course in the state of Minnesota? Well, that's the Meadows of Mystic Lake, a scenic 18-hole golf experience in Prior Lake, just a little jaunt down 169 from the Metro. And, uh, you know, they offer lessons, they offer tee times, they have a full-service apparel and golf shop as well, because there's nothing worse than you just, like, step in to check in for your tee time and, like, you maybe need a sleeve of balls. There's only, like, two options, right? Well, that's that's not the case at the Meadows. You have a full-service shop, even new new polos and stuff. You know, I like to wear my Puma, uh, and, and they have plenty of uh, apparel down there as well. So if you want to book a tee time, if you want to book a lesson, or just want to get uh, a new golf fix out, Go to the Meadows at Mystic Lake, golfthemeadows.com to learn more, golfthemeadows.com to learn more. Love it. We'll get to old tweets exposed in a second, but uh, with all, I love the fact that the Timberwolves are just involved in all these potential big-name discussions here. I don't know if anything's going to come to fruition. Maybe they just draft a player at 19, and they run it back with D'Lo, and they have a bunch of cap space for next year. But no matter what, we're either in for a really exciting summer now or they run it back to some degree, and they have fifty to sixty million dollars in cap space next summer. So either way, the Wolves are on the verge of some big roster transformations here, and I'm here for it. For the first time since um, Flip was here and 
took the dual role, I actually also feel like we're dealing with competency from the basketball ops. Like it feels like. And, well, and Ger- I, Gerson kind of knew what he was doing. Gerson did for sure. But what I'm saying is it turned out that that turned into, uh, and look, he did a good job, but it also turned into a problem. What I'm saying is you went and got, you did not go get a guy who was an assistant to the assistant in Houston or Dallas assistant or Philadelphia to the regional or something. Manager. Exactly. Uh, and Gerson, I, I give him total credit, gets a good grade. But you went and got a Pobo who you know can do the job, and you're pairing him with a coach who we saw firsthand can do the job. And it just it feels like we're starting to, dare I say it, knock on wood, feels like we're starting to border on stability at Target Center. Gasp. Yeah, definitely, definitely knock that on that wood again here. Is that <laughs> oh a, but is that a fair thing to say? It feels like we're bordering on what could be considered real pro sports stability. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to jinx it. I, as long as Glenn Taylor is the owner, there's always yeah, something bor- lurking around the corner, and he I will be the owner on, for another what, fifteen, well, well, eighteen months. That's very true. Now, here's the thing that I do like, though. It feels like very much that that the new ownership group is starting to um, take a lot of control. I said bordering too. I did not say we are there. I said bordering, <laughs> bordering. bordering on it. Okay, Greeny. So long. This is, this is just my opinion. I've not heard this. I've not seen this. This is just my opinion. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just making a proclamation. No, I'm just a guy. Look, I am the, I'm the biggest pessimist I know. I know you're all shocked <laughs> to hear that, and so I don't want to be selling. Uh, I don't want to be selling hope where hope does not exist. But I'm seeing people give answers, and I'm seeing people make decisions where I'm like, oh, okay, I think I trust you. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, I want to, I want to make an announcement right now. I'm going to tweet this out today, so by the time I tweet this out, people are gonna. People are probably going to have seen it, oh. heard it. When did people start asking us? So you guys have Judd's Hockey Show. Why don't you have some sort of Timberwolves podcast? You know, a little, little Mackie and Judd spinoff. A year ago, right? Probably like a it, year ago, it, yeah. It feels like the Wolves stuff does really well, and then fans are like, give us more Wolves stuff. And, and we've been like, well, we'd love to, but we don't have the infrastructure yet. Yeah, we have the Score North is comprised of exactly three full-time employees. You're staring at them. And for for much of the last, so we launched Score three years ago, and for much of the last two years, since the pandemic wiped out a bunch of our staff, the audience doesn't really know this, but a large chunk of my role has been sort of in the Hubbard Radio corporate office, so to speak, helping the eight markets with digital content and stuff. So you get you guys like you guys are full time. You kind of get half of me, and uh, so I'm going to be able to dive much more into Score North stuff going forward here, which is awesome, and uh, that frees me up. Maybe you guys hate this. Maybe you want someone else to be talking Timberwolves. But it frees me up to do once or twice a week, starting next week, a Timberwolves podcast with Kyle Taggy, who used to be as of a he, – he, he left his perch running uh, the Canis Hoopus Timberwolves blog platform, which is – by the way, that's, that's a huge platform that has spawned, I think, two or three guys who went on to do, like, national stuff. And um, it's, a, it's a great platform. And so Kyle and I are going to launch a podcast, Name to be Determined. We're still working through a couple things, but I th- no, I think I know. I think I can throw this out there. Flagrant Howls is what we're going to call it. Oh, I love it. Flagrant Howls, a Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. And you'll be able to find it. We're still working out like the days. We're, we're going to record an episode for sure next Thursday, right before uh, the free agency period. And then we'll do some sort of recap 
a few days later. But uh, you'll find it on the Mackie and Judd podcast feed. We'll launch a separate podcast feed as well, just like Judd's Hockey Show and the Score North YouTube channel. So looking forward to it. Kyle is a Wolves super fan. We bring some similar but also really different perspectives on this team. And so if you guys have thoughts and ideas on what you want us to talk about or just, like, things you want us to hit on, definitely send us some notes. We're pumped for it. Mm -hmm. Let's get it. And you're welcome to come on, too, once in a while, Judd, and spew your takes and stuff. You know, the door is open. Save them for the show. Okay. For the flagship. There was a hockey whisperer. We can get a, you know, a basketball you know, general yeah, but, or something. The hockey I don't know. whisperer before he left us and went to Maui never appeared. I don't believe on. He's the in the Galapagos Islands. Coming actually. back. Yeah, <laughs> got a found a piece of the whisperer. Yeah. And... <laughs> so yeah, we're pumped for it. We're finally uh, finally going to launch a little wolves thing here off Mackie and Judd. So all right, uh, every single week Declan goes into the Twitter archives and he finds incriminating tweets that we may have sent out at any point in the last thirteen years. It's called "Old Tweets Exposed" here on Mackie and Judd. All right, so Tuesday we did a pecking order of uh, Twins reclamation projects. So I figured, uh, let me take a name and let's see what oh, we can man. find here. So uh, we don't have to go back too far. Let's go with a little "Old Tweets Exposed" revolving Homer Bailey. So let's uh, let's start with yes. Phil here. Just loving the loving the pandemic baseball season. On July twenty eighth, twenty twenty, Homer Bailey hung that split chains, but still got the swing and miss. Nasty pitch. Pretty much the key to him being a viable starter in two thousand twenty. You were buying the uh, split change that Homer Bailey was was uh, ducking out there for what four innings all of two thousand twenty, I believe. Okay, was I saying that he is a viable starter or that? This is the key pitch if he are if he is to be a viable starter. I think that's I'm trying to interpret my own tweet here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess if I'm calling him a viable starter in 2020, it's pretty incriminating. But listen, if he throws that split change effectively, then he could be. But we just he got hurt. Oh, his story is still unwritten. Okay, okay, Natasha Benningfield, I got gotcha. you. I don't I don't think that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Feel the rain on you. Yeah, do you know I, Natasha Benning? Do you know that song? <laughs> no. The rest is still unwritten, no, Judd. That's a great song. The rest no, we used is to, still unwritten. Fun fact, we used to pregame to that song in college. It was on the pregame <laughs> playlist. What? Yes, yes, just a bunch of dudes just singing Natasha Benningfield before hitting the bars in St. Cloud. It was, a, it was oh, on the pregame. I'm pretty sure that song, I'm going to incriminate myself here again. What was the... Laguna Beach had a couple spinoff shows oh, on MTV. Was it the Hills? The, was it the the? It was either the Hills or the LC spinoff. Yeah, I forget. And I think that was the theme song for one of those shows. Yeah, I was like 15, I 10, think 15 it was the, years ago. I think it was the Hills. Big wow, Lauren Conrad is, fan. I liked LC. This mm. segment is spiraling, and that's without mm. the tweets. We should have I know. Judd review one episode of the Hills. <laughs> I would honestly <laughs> be Don, here. Don watched it. <laughs> yeah. I saw it it's a few times. Uh, they brought it back they a couple did. years ago. Yeah, bunch of forty-year-olds running around. I was going to say plastic yeah, surgery. But, yeah. Anyhow, okay. all right, Judley. Not too uh, far after Phil's tweet. Interesting little uh, concept here from Judd. Uh, August first, twenty twenty. The Twins' new starting pitcher acquisitions continue to impress. Maeda, one hit through six inning, retired eleven in a row at one point, and has retired the past five in a row. Maeda. Bailey and Hill have given up four runs and 11 hits in 21 combined innings uh-huh. thus far. The new so starting pitching acquisitions continue to You know what I miss? I, I miss, love it. I miss Rich Hill. 
I love da. that guy. Mother although I ba. think, although I do think that I, I do think I heard an f bomb from the mound da. last night. Ba. I'm pretty sure oh, I heard Sonny? a few f bombs from the mound from Sonny last night, which reminded me of Rich and how much I miss Rich. Hill. Sonny's a grunter. Son, yeah, I could hear Sonny yeah, twenty rows off the third baseline. And I think I heard an f. I think he dropped an f bomb when he missed on, on yeah. a pitch in like the fourth. Yeah, that'll do it. Or during that, what he he got into the fifth, right? He just didn't get out in the yeah. fifth. He didn't seem very pleased about getting pulled from that game. No, but he, no, he did not. But he didn't have his. I mean, yeah, I don't know what you're supposed to he do. He didn't there. have his. That's getting rocked. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's lead. bad. All right, so I'll take a hit for mine. Mine little backstory here. So it's a Homer Bailey tweet, for, but from four or five years ago, and this is classic Declan example of seeing a trade or seeing news and not doing any research, and then immediately backpedaling the tweet in a reply. So just wanted to put that disclaimer out there. December 21st, 2018, Homer Bailey turning his career around with the Dodgers is going to be such a Dodgers thing to happen. Scroll. Appears he'll get released, but interesting move by L.A. Oh, wow. oh such an interesting, interesting move, move there. Such an really interesting, interesting move. It's such okay. an interesting move. <laughs> so wait, so that was December 21st. Were they both on the same date, did you say? Yeah, like I. so 3.49 okay. p.m. Oh. I don't know what the time is on this, but like I clearly immediately okay. backpedaled my thought of like, gotcha. oh, he's going to turn around. Oh, wait, never mind. He's actually <laughs> just absorbing the salary, he, and they're, he's not going to pitch for them. Oh man, I almost feel like they're all kind of equal here. We all kind of showed a little little belief in Homer Bailey, and then we were slapped in the face by the reality that he's not a very good pitcher. So maybe this is a three way tie of Homer Bailey optimism. I'm certainly not proud Congrats. of mine. You Congrats, know, everyone. Rich Hill, Homer Bailey, yay! <laughs> Rich Hill wasn't terrible that season. Right? He was he was fairly no, effective, but he was out. But he also got hurt, you know, shockingly a few times. Right? Yeah, poor guy. All right, well, that's a wrap on Reckless Speculation Thursday here on Mackie and Judd. Reckless Speculation. For those of you who enjoy the lifestyle. Yes. So there's a couple of wild things out there, too. You guys well, doing a little Judd's hockey show? We're going to do a JHS tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. There are things are, let's just say this. There are certain things gaining steam in the mm-hmm. National Hockey League as, as free agency and more. And the draft is like, what, Dex, in two weeks? Yeah. And there, there will be trades. In fact, I think Fiala's going to get moved at the yeah. draft. So there's a lot to talk about. Mm, things are percolating, as Bob Lee would say. A lot of reckless speculation. Flurry, Fiala, all the Fs. We can talk about all the Fs. Mm. Reckless speculation. And over on Purple Daily, Judd's countdown of the top 25 Vikings of all time continues as we walk our way into the top 10 today. So check that out. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Action Movie Rewind this week. Twister. Watch this afternoon. I watched that on a plane, which is a little bit of an interesting experience. Yeah, I, when you have turbulence and twisters. Yeah, that's and not a good idea. The guy next to me, I, I I don't know if he was watching my screen, but he was definitely having a panic attack during some of the turbulence. Like like clutching the seats and like, you know, oh, yeah. eyes closed. Wife was like holding his hand and stuff. And I'm not making oh, fun no. of him because, yeah, listen, no. it can be traumatizing. But I don't think Twister being on yeah, within the high range so of him you was were helping the fact. making it worse. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, there's a cow flying by. That's crazy. All right. See you guys tomorrow.